Blog Talk Radio. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, You guys want to start the show? Let's start the show. Welcome to Saturday Morning Serial. It's the podcast that remembers, celebrates, and explores all those themes of Saturday morning cartoons that we grew up with. And through our stubborn obstinance, they have grown up with us, goddammit. I'm Dan Grimshay. I'm your host on this uh, weird little journey. Uh, joining me along are my little Sherpas, Marky. Sound off here, please. Hey, Happy New Year. It's not too late. Yeah, no. I mean, some would argue yes, but uh, (laughs) let's not that slow us down. Uh, Wait, we're not alone here because we've got our good old friend to help us ring in this new year in February. Johnny Heck. How are you, buddy? hey What's up, fellas? All right. uh, So here we are deep in the throes of winter, freezing cold Mm -hmm. out. We thought Mm -hmm. we would try to help everybody stay warm by remembering a better time, uh, a better place. Uh, If you're waking up with snow on the ground and listening to this right now, picture, will you, San Diego Comic-Con in 2022. (laughs) Warm, beautiful days next to the Pacific Ocean in in July. Uh, And we were there, and we've still got audio. Uh, Marky, what are we going to hear? Oh, my God. We covered another amazing roundtable press room. And this time we were talking to the Oravelli. Did I say Oravile? I've heard it. Orville. I've heard it both ways. There you go. Orville, give me some (laughs) Orville, sir. Yes, it's an amazing show by the incredible Seth MacFarlane. Uh, This is a live-action joint. And it's kind of like, I mean, the way that I kind of started it when I went, you know, back, uh, I think it started in 2017, um, you know, I was thinking Galaxy Quest, you know, like it's like a Star Trek kind of, not a, Uh, a careful, careful, already, I know, I know, I'm already starting to annoy most of the producers. Well, I know I'm going to get to that, but uh, like it's just uh, like you know we we have some experience covering a very similar show going back to the roots of our particular talk show, um, you know, talking about you know what I'm talking about. I was I wish you would just get to the point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I kind of considered it to be more of like a nobility, uh, an old show that we covered extensively. 
back when we started, where it's kind of like The Office meets Star Trek, you know. So I was kind of mm-hmm. seeing it like that. It, it was like a a workplace comedy. Yeah, um, yeah. Only the comedy was up in space. One of those so, you know, sort of like a faux semi documentary, Talking Heads, uh, to drop the uh, the action in and. Well, I was just think- yeah, I guess so. I was just thinking it more like a workplace comedy, but but yeah, yeah. that too. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Anyway, I don't want to get too much in the weeds here. We're still getting into. We're still trying to explain this, but yeah, we were at Comic Con this year. We captured some more incredible audio. Um, so. I was there Captured with Johnny Heck. Out Johnny in the Heck. wild in the roundtable section. Yeah, notoriously yeah. difficult place to get audio, but we always get something from the hunt. And I <laughs> congratulate you, boys. I wasn't there, but who did you guys talk to? Well, we were able to sit down with a couple of the producers and a couple of the stars of the show, uh, the show uh, Jay Lee and, and Jessica Shore. Uh, awesome people. The panel. They had to, they, the crew had to get to the panel, so we didn't get to talk to all the actors and actresses, unfortunately. But what we got was pretty solid. Great people. And, uh, you know, you mentioned, I mean, I'm just looking at you guys in your hoodies and how cold it is, uh, you know, in and around the studio. But, um, you, you know, you just paint that picture of, of Comic-Con was like and the, the sun and the heat and the, and the smells. Oh. We didn't talk about the smells as you walk through <laughs> it's, It is the weird. Floor. Almost um, 10 years, we've never brought up the Comic-Con smells. There's a certain <laughs> um, pungent fanboy aroma just that emanates <laughs> from those that haven't showered in three days and sleep on concrete. Um, I, I do miss it. And, and yeah. You're, well, you're I, not wrong. Look, I, I, not you wrong. guys can always find me because um, if you guys aren't familiar with the Comic-Con layout, there's a big convention center that's along the it's along the freaking bay. You can see the Coronado Bridge, you can see Coronado Island behind it, but it's it's it is it's about the most humid you can be in San Diego, which is normally very deserty kind of conditions, but it's humid there in July and it's hot obviously. And all of the It actually is one of the worst stuff. times to spend 9 hours in a stormtrooper costume. Absolutely, and and like <laughs> what an interesting uh, smell you've discovered. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all of the press room, most of it anyway, like ninety-five percent of the press room um, activities happen at the Hilton Bayfront, which is about, I would say, a half mile away, maybe a quarter to a half mile away. But it's all along the water. There's no shade, and so a lot of us have to go from the convention center walk that kind of distance in the in the in the sun uh, the the uv kind of bouncing off of the water the heat so i always have in my bag it's the only time where i carry axe body spray other people with it and i spray the mic i spray everybody i <laughs> i use it like bianca like i use it i spray it i use it as a as a deodorant as a um, as a mouthwash, like that stuff is so good. It's so potent. So I always smell like X, you know, um, and it's slightly better than, you know, pungent. Uh, uh, and, and so, yes, I, I've learned the hard way that you have to stay dry. You have to stay, you know, um, well perfumed if you're going to be hanging around in these press rooms. So I'm not one of the smellies. Unless no, you don't like the smell not, of that. Not a smelly. Well, we also get to go home at night, too, so there's that. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> no offense yeah. to the smellies. Hey, you're doing what you do. 
and, and bless you for sleeping outside and, and braving it. I mean, it's expensive to get hotels later. But anyway, uh, just bringing that just back. For and, context, just for context, to remind people, he's talking about people waiting outside of Comic-Con yeah. for an event. Not all of the unhomed just want to make sure we're on the right well, side yeah, of history. You, you actually do have to step over the Hall H line because that goes right mm. – that whips around right behind the convention center, which is where we're walking. And in fairness, so, yeah. most of the time if you took a picture of the Hall H line during Comic-Con and turned it like to sepia or, or just black and white, it would look like a Great Depression thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a yeah, like Not a, a lot of smiles. <laughs> People are lined up there looking dirty, disheveled, exhausted. There's a guy you know, with a girder in the background on, on the building just uh, like, trying to construct it. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a uh, Hooverville, yeah. I believe is what they used to call it. <laughs> it's very Grapes of Wrath. Uh, yeah. I can't wait to go back. With with Captain America T-shirts, yep, yep. but yeah, but th- but these are the events that we always look like we just we love them every time these opportunities come. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny Heck and I like we're just we're all about it. Um, yeah, I step back. Hey, you guys, on this we're looking for a table. scoop. We can bring the preceding January. Yes, <laughs> very well, finally this here. Is show. Happy 2023. And we got it before the next Comic-Con, damn it. So I consider that Look, a We're, we're not here for breaking news. We're not here for breaking news. We're here to celebrate the themes yeah. of Saturday morning TV that we not only grew up with, but that grew up with us. Ooh, and the Oroville, the Oroville is a good example of that yeah. because it takes those themes. Like, I remember, like, Land of the Lost, even though I was watching it. Uh, that was a very old show for my generation. That was a... That was yeah, like in the that early seventies. Yeah, we yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, but I'm I'm thinking of like those sci-fi Saturday morning kind of shows that we watched. There was a Star Trek cartoon that would air in the mornings. I know that's actually, you know, there's a lot of voiced by the original cast cartoons that are out there and that exist. Well, you just can't um, stop yourself from bringing up Star Trek. Well, I'm just saying, which like, is this which is, is good because that, that is, I think, worth mentioning before we hear these interviews because it is discussed. But yeah. the the Star Trek uh, of it all, let's say, uh, and it's time to come clean. Everybody here, raise your hand if you watched all of the Orville episodes. One I hand, see one hand up. for the listeners, <laughs> and it was Johnny Heck himself. He's the one who should be leading us through a quick, what is this show? Uh, Not just like, since we've already played the trump card here, what is also the non-Star Trek of it all? Tell me. Go. Quickly. Sure. All right. Well, I I do want to touch upon one thing. I mean, when it came out, I I think this was more Fox than anything. When they're advertising this, they show people on a bridge of a starship, very reminiscent of Star Trek, right? Similar kind of uniform colors. Uh, uh, similar kind of everything, or not everything, but you, you definitely see the inspiration from Star Trek. But they go from Seth McMar- McFarlane, a family guy, and so you automatically think, oh, he's pissing on Star Trek in this because, I mean, that's what family guy does, right? They're notorious for just ripping everything a new asshole, so you think that's what it's going to be, but you actually take a look at it, and then you realize, oh, Seth McFarlane is a massive Star Trek fan. He guest appeared on um, Star Trek Enterprise. Uh, he, there's these old videos of him when he was a kid making his own Star Trek 
a little short film. So the dude's a fan. So he comes through and he makes his own show. Sure, you can see where it comes from, but it's its own thing. But similar plot, you have a, a, a captain of a starship that goes around and explores, and there's uh, odd-looking aliens, but they're a diplomatic union instead of the United Federation of Planets. They're their planetary union, right? And they go in these starships, and they make first contact, and they explore. They boldly go, dare I say. But it's its own thing. And even when Star Trek did it, it wasn't necessarily brand new. But, I mean, it does borrow from it, but it becomes its own thing, absolutely, and, and does a great job. And there's also, if you look at the producer who we interviewed, uh, Brandon Braga, from The Next Generation, from Star Trek Voyager, and the feature film. So, yeah, and he, and he produced a lot. He wrote a lot, and he's directing uh, some of the Orville episodes now. So, yeah, there's going to be a crossover, but... They use that as inspiration, man, and, uh, again, create this entirely new universe, which I really enjoy. And, yes, there's funny parts to it. I mean, certainly the dick and fart jokes aren't going anywhere. It's Seth MacFarlane, for Christ's sake, right? Um, but well, a, a at really least give us, like, a metric, like, how dense is it with it? Family guy to... Well, look, I can, know, can I just say for... Can I, can I just say for a second, like, any space show is going to be compared to Star Trek forever. So we're never going to, that's just, that's the template. Mm -hmm. You know, everything will be, you know, that's like on the top of the pyramid, you know, like everything will come after that. Yeah, um, but when you describe the expanse to a friend, it usually doesn't come up. They don't say, well, it's Star Trek with or Star Trek but. Uh uh, but yeah, with sure. this, I mean, it looked the look was the same. That either it was, and this is again someone who only saw probably about a dozen episodes, and I didn't hate it, but not enough to keep it in my schedule of like weekly viewing mm -hmm. back in 2017. So, <clears throat> and someday I might revisit it, but no, I I put it aside. Well, but still, it's like. Start. I I went in the same as anyone else, thinking this is either a Star Trek ripoff or a Star Trek satire parody, uh, and maybe the and I had trouble with the tone because I didn't know if they were landing on homage, uh, sitcom parody. version. Mm -hmm. uh, I figured out right away it was not a straight parody, but I think yeah. that's what everybody was expecting. Yeah, and, and I, I think that was the that was the trap. That, that's how Fox all the other stuff he's done. He right. has kind of set us up to expect it, not from, to take it seriously. From the now season, from the few episodes that I that I have seen, um, it is it was a situation comedy when I saw it. Um, so, I guess that would qualify it as a Star Trek situational comedy if I was to describe it to somebody. Very briefly, and I know the producers are probably going to jump down my throat for saying that, but like, okay, for example, Seth plays the captain of this starship, so that's Star Trek-like, okay, but he just got assigned his ex-wife to be on his crew, who I think slept with his best friend. Now it's a situation comedy, right? Like, so yeah. now... Now the situation is, uh, you got a now captain you have to be who's a captain with his ex-wife. Ex and it yes. felt like 
Yeah. Like a So like, it's Star Trek situation like comedy. But the and and I think that's when I was like, okay, now it's competing styles. They don't they're not gonna mesh in but in this preconceived notion I have that you're going to be making fun of uh Star Trek tropes. Mm-hmm. Did it finally mesh, Johnny Heck? Yeah, I think it did. And and also yeah, so it, it did pay up homage and you could see, oh yeah. Your ex-wife is now your executive officer. Oh, you know, we're, we're, we're stuck together. Um, but it also wah, brought in, wah. yeah, oh, geez, take my wife. Uh, but, <laughs> okay, but it, it sets it up for great comedy, obviously. But also the characters, I think, were thoughtful in the way they um, are brought about. I mean, you have the security officer that's genderless, right, has a, a partner on board, and, and they're both genderless, uh, and that plays off into some really great television later on. You're, they're... Um, well, not security chief. I'm sorry. The security chief is actually a short woman who has this super strength and is the strongest one on the ship. So it's flipping roles. It's introducing some great plot lines. But to answer your question, yeah, it really came together, I think, in this third season when it moved to Hulu. So it left Fox after the second season. It jumps over to Hulu, and it becomes uh, Orville New Horizons. And they're able to do a lot more, obviously, on the streaming service. Um, not bogged down by certain commercial breaks or certain run times. So they really got to explore a lot and was heavily serialized. Um, if, um, if anyone here is a Star Trek Deep Space Nine fan, if you remember toward the end of that series where they did that Dominion War arc, um, that type of very serialized storytelling, which was really, really rad. And, yeah, to be honest, the third season was its best, really found its footing, and um, and – Unfortunately, we don't know if there's going to be a season four yet. It's still up in the air. Hmm. See, well. it's not breaking news, folks. Like we're, <laughs> we're, not here, we're just here oh. to talk about the Orville. Oh, no, with our luck, it's going to get canceled the day after we release this, right? I mean, that or, is not or, how it goes. Or arrested. Hmm. Like we'll have, uh, we'll yeah, if it to. does get canceled uh, soon, uh, check here in six months and we'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But look, we are here to celebrate the themes of Saturday morning TV, right? That grew up with us. And yep. this is one of those examples in that you could take something that was very familiar to us growing up as kids and you make it mature, you make it grow up. Mm. And you put this like you put real real situations with these kind of tropes that we know and Let's see what happens. And that's where the Orville is. And there's a big following for this show. I know that, you know, when it moved to Hulu, people were really excited about that because it kind of saved that show for a little while. As network TVs try to figure out what the hell they're doing, you know, like people are looking for the streaming services to come in and save the shows that they love. And this was definitely one of them. Um, So, hey, man, let's freaking celebrate that. I don't care that we recorded this audio Back in blah, 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 of something, something. This is still relevant now because we're talking about the, 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 the importance of this show, what it means to our pop culture today, and where it came from. So, heck, well, man, let's jump into it. And, and well, something... first, fucking A to that. And second, why are we talking about it when we have audio? Yes. That, uh, you know what? Let's let them talk about it. I know we've got uh, – we, we got who? Uh, Jay Lee. Jay Lee and Jessica Shore. Yes. Jessica Shore. Those are the two cast mm-hmm. members we got. Awesome people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we so, have. Um, yeah. Uh, so Jessica Shore, she came in as the security chief after the original actress left. 
She does an awesome, awesome job. Lieutenant Tala, super strength, kicks ass, and Jay Lee, Lieutenant Commander John Lamar, he's the now uh, chief engineer on the Orville. So awesome cast members. Magic interview machine, let it rip. Meanwhile, Shoulder bag. Okay. I'm like, I was like, not sure how I. Oh, I don't want to see my frame. Okay. Is it great? Yeah. We're gonna frame you up nice. Did you make those? No, no. You want to see really pretty? Let me get out of it. No, it's gotta be pretty so we gotta get you. There we go. Yeah, normally I do this with Scott. And Scott. Everybody's like, we don't need our cameras for this one. Just. Just audio. Yeah. I wonder why. I've got the voice here the face. Yeah. I wonder why more flashes are going on this year. I wonder what it could be. thing is going to come back around and but we already saw how it affected so um, yeah well just in this season yeah yeah yeah. i'm not talking about future not season eight which hopefully we get to idea of how do you love someone who otherwise you might not be able to love. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm going to just be like, I'm going to figure it out. You know what I mean? <laughs> I said, yeah. I'm a man of art. No. We'll see what happens. I hope that it comes back around. Yeah. It's it was just like, like an about. interesting thing because it, it, this is why the show is so beautiful to me or like so amazing to me. Because I'm like, oh, they're going to hook up? I, and then I'm like, two pages in, I'm like, wait, now she's hurting them? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it just it keeps you on the edge of your seat and it leaves you with surprises. You know what I mean? That's such a and good it's question, still, yeah. yeah, like, the thing is, is I think people are really connected, like, really vibing the connection with Stella and John. And I think we have a fun time yeah. together doing it. So I would love 
for it to go more, but I, there's like certain, like, does he go to Salea? Like, to, right, right. Salea, you know what I mean? Try to, to get up. the powers to do it? Because we, we can't be in a relationship the way it is now. No. You know what I mean? She can't so. be carrying me around. Oh, yeah. Broken. His face. <laughs> right. <laughs> Good, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Somebody said, um, what if Tyler and John Tyler got pregnant? Mm-hmm. Like, I you know what's John really funny? John was. John would have to get. You know what's funny? I got pregnant in the in our break, and I remember having to like call the producers to like let them know because we didn't know in the middle in the pandemic when we were going back to work, and I'm like, I just got to be honest with you guys, like I got I'm pregnant, and I remember thinking like on other shows like on Gossip Girl when Kelly Rutherford was pregnant, they were just they just shot around it, but it, this isn't quite a show like that. Yep, she had a lot of big handbags. So I remember kind of talking to Seth, and he's like, I just don't know if Alec, I, I just don't know if that fits. So it all worked out that we went back right after I had her, but it's an interesting thing. Yeah, she's always thing. lifting something heavy. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you got to shoot me this way. Yeah. <laughs> I've said this before. I feel like as an artist, if I can make people laugh, cry, think, and do better, I've done my job here. So if we are, you know, able to be a part of a show that is talking about issues that people are going through, or maybe will go through, have gone through, and or feeling, or feeling, feeling really not alone, understand? Yeah. You know, it's, it's I think important. it's a beautiful, it's beautiful, and that's what I will say. Probably in my whole career, this last season of The Orville, with some of the subject matters that we touch on and dive into, um, have been some of the most special. I don't want to cry. Uh, moments of of my career because it is talking about things that, like we, he he actually said this earlier. It, we shouldn't. It doesn't have to. We don't have to make it a big issue. It's like talking about someone that writes with the right hand. Right. It's okay it if someone feels. It doesn't you know. need to be heavy because a lot of people are going through it. Yeah. But I like that we are able to, I don't want to say tackle, but shine light on, on things and maybe show people another perspective, another view, because we all don't understand how it is to walk in someone else's shoes. Right. right. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. with the first name Jay, last name Lee. Orville Redenbacher. Yeah? Here's another microwave popcorn trying to be like yours. Well, let's just see what my testing department says. Ladies? Compared to any other microwave brand, Orville pops lighter and fluffier. So you get more popcorn. There just doesn't measure up to yours. And now for the ultimate test, ladies. <laughs> Orville Redenbacher, the first and last name in popcorn. <laughs> okay, you tell me that if you just saw that script written out, it wouldn't be a porn. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Red, uh, look at Redenbacher. They just don't some, measure uh, up to you, and it pops, Redenbacher ladies. That's some, some chicks at the ready. He's like, man, fuck your popcorn. Come here, hoes. <laughs> Uh, you guys couldn't see it, obviously, but uh, that was from 1987. 
So you have kind of the early um, adoption of microwaves getting into the pop culture, and of course microwave popcorn would soon would soon follow. And the 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 mic the microwave that they showed in this particular commercial had the freaking dials on it, and um, so my grandmother had one of those. And when I went to high school. We used to go to my friend's house to eat lunch a lot, and um, his his parents had one of those old microwaves, and it would literally, you could turn it on and cook in it, and you could still open the door while it was on, <laughs> which explains this large head of mine, yeah. I think. Oh, it, was the, yeah. it was the size of, um, of, of an actual <laughs> oven, right? Stand inside it and shit. It was not safe at all to have this microwave, but uh, it really brought back. So you have Orville on an Orville episode, and that was some great interviewing. I was at that. I was there in the room, but I was not at the table. Johnny Heck, what was it like talking to those two beautiful people? It was rad. I really enjoyed uh, both interviews, and uh, especially Jay Lee and uh, – Jessica Shore, I mean, you could tell they really care about this show. I mean, I think every working actor wants to stay that way. But just seeing their eyes and, and their expressions and, and how deeply they care about this show and its storylines. Uh, one example, and I, and I misspoke a little earlier in the in the podcast when I was talking about one of the crew members aboard it. Correct yourself. Yes. Uh, I, shall be, I shall be whipped later. Uh, but Bordis, the second officer, his uh, species is actually old male. And uh, it's very rare that a female is born. At least that's what their society tells you. And when a female is born, they force an operation for it to become male. And this happened early on in the series. And then later on and in the uh, newest series, their son just doesn't feel right inside. And, oh. and eventually finds out that their sex was changed as a baby, forcibly. And wants to undergo a sex change operation and, and become female as, as they were born. And it happens. So you're dealing with transgender in a science fiction wow. environment. Very powerful episode. I mean, this government is very much against it. This poor child is kidnapped and tortured because of it, nearly killed. And you're really seeing how big of a deal it is. Good and Lord, you can see that response. transpiring yeah. Yeah, in, in, in society. And it's, it's difficult to navigate. Uh, pardon the nautical uh, puns, but especially in a show that still tries to be comedic, right? A couple pratfalls and, and dick jokes, and then you have some real heavy-hitting storylines, but it's able to navigate that in a caring and, and thoughtful way. Uh, yeah, the guy from Family Guy and American Dad, uh, believe it or That's not. That's a tall order. <laughs> and, yeah. and that was just one of the through lines. You see it dealt also with suicide, uh, one of the main uh, cast members, it's a, a synthetic life form, tries to kill itself. Uh, then you deal with abortion as well. You had an abortion episode that aired the day before, I believe, the Roe v. Wade was overturned in this country uh, by pure coincidence. Heavy. So, yeah, so when you take a look at the show, and I, and I could see, and you probably all noticed, uh, noticed the, uh, what the producers mentioned about calling it a Star Trek parody, and we'll get to that, but... Calling it a, a, a just simply a Star Trek parody is not doing it justice, in, in my opinion, as it is its own entity and has some heavy-hitting and thoughtful uh, uh, plot lines. Uh, yeah, well, we haven't heard that audio yet. Yeah, <laughs> let's, in fact, since you mention it and since I've already had to chastise Mark about it, that fool, 
Uh, I think it is about time. Let's just uh, real quick. Let's dive back in. Uh, let's get this other interview you got with them. Uh, this time around, I think we were talking to uh, uh, Brandon Braga and Tom Constantino, producers who, uh, believe it or not, actually have jobs. They are and a little bit of a temper, and they deserve your respect. Uh, and <laughs> I'm let's so find excited out. to hear it. Uh, Magic interview machine, let us know, was Johnny Heck respectful? Meanwhile, I'm Brandon, this is Tom. Thank you.
which was a very uh, dramatic and controversial episode. He moved it to episode three. Because he said, this is the show, and we yeah. need to declare ourselves right now that this is actually the show that we want to do. What you saw was an evolution in the next two seasons more toward dramatic storytelling with comedy frosting. Some people I've seen online or, you know, want the more comedy, but it was really the design of the show. I think, you know, because comedy for comedy's sake interferes sometimes with the stakes. You know, you don't want to be cracking jokes when there's life or death stakes going on. I think the show right now is exactly the show Seth intended from the very beginning. Yeah, I agree. And I, I don't. And this is not the last of the humor even in this season. And it's sort of like, I mean, this is gonna, I, I'm not trying to make this sound pretentious, but you know how, like, Picasso can draw regular, you know, he can draw very, very technical art, but he does what he does. Like, Seth and these guys are very good at comedy, but they sort of wanted to expand. And the, the, the comedy they can wield out at any second, and I think if we continue four, five, six, eight seasons, you're going to see you're going to see funny episodes. But they, they have so much in their repertoire and on their palette that they want to be able to expand into other things. And I think that's part of it. This is sort of like a it's like almost like a flex that we can be this too. Which is possible. Um, well, you're obviously, there are some major storylines to be resolved, both emotionally and tactically. I mean, the Kalon situation isn't over. Something big can happen soon. <laughs> we got two more episodes. Yeah. Um, you've got romantic entanglements and, right. and other character arcs to resolve. So I would say everything that's coming is all very Orville. Yeah. And, it, and we pull from a wide range of, of, of influences, too. It's, you know, we're all big sci-fi fans, but literature and, and history, so it, it, it's a big, uh, it's a big uh, pool to which to pull from. As long as it's simulated, it's a breakdown. As long as it's simulated, it's a breakdown. Fair enough. Yeah, we won't. That, I can, that, that I can press it. You saw that. Won't to, yeah, right. You, <laughs> it blew, it blew, we got nothing left. He made Dolly. There's nothing yeah. left. What are you going to do after that? <laughs> Thank you. All right, no. Two flags on the play there, Marquis. <laughs> I'm trolling. First, you have used this commercial at least twice before over the yeah, years. Yeah, I do. Uh, I like pre And two, third strike, man. Sorry to mix metaphors <laughs> here, but third strike. Third time you brought up Star Trek. Four strikes, that's a home run. And, I'm out of here. <laughs> and then you owe me one lap with a Demerit. 
<laughs> Look, I love Fruity and Cocoa Pebbles. I love Star Trek. Hey, real I quick aside, have you ever had them both together? No, I wouldn't do that. You wouldn't never do, do that? Nope, I won't do that. I, I will not cross the beams, as they You'll say. You'll do anything for cereal, but you won't. I will not that. do that. I will not cross the beams. Nope, nope, nope. No, I, I, I have some bad memories. You don't think it would taste like chocolate-dipped strawberries or something? That sounds well, see, fucking I, delightful. Look, yeah, it is kind of weird how quick you're anti this. Go look, on, explain yourself. A major cereal conglomerate. I'm not going to say the name. <laughs> Big <laughs> <All right>? cereal. <laughs> but it, it rhymes with mineral gills. They released when Superman vs. Batman came out. They released a cereal, Superman vs. Batman, and. It was strawberry chocolate, and I was so pissed <laughs> at how awful it was. You bought it and tried it. This was it, it was just based hor- on yes. It? I hated it. You just ripped it. open a, a box hated in the market. It. Describe it. Was it like like chocolate, like like cocoa pebbles mixed with strawberry marshmallows? What was the uh, um, what was the the flavor combo? I think it was just like. I don't remember marshmallows being in it. I think it was Ooh, just flavored one. bits. Yeah. And they, they might have been like Batman, Superman logos. I don't, I'd have to look it up. But, like, um, the box was awesome. Now, what color the, was your stool? Well, Pink listen, or brown? <laughs> <laughs> I had no Frankenstool on this one. But, like, they, they had a Superman and a Batman version of the Superman versus Batman. The Superman was like the normal kind of um, Captain Crunch kind of flavor, you know? Like, that flavor is very common. Like, they, like, used it for Pac-Man cereal years ago. A lot of cereal. Yeah, that's it. There you go. Uh, Johnny Heck just popped up the image. So. We got to yep. see what he was talking about. And, yeah, so the Superman was like the Captain Crunch kind of flavor, which is very good, kind of vanilla-y. It's very good. And instead of just making the Batman one chocolate, they did this fruity chocolate thing, and it was horrible. And I, well, it, I think it I looked is this supposed to like, represent the the big showdown battle of DC. Well, no, I there. think I think one of them's supposed to be Superman, one is supposed to be Batman, and just the Batman one just tastes like, like crap. Bat turds, actually. But when yeah, maybe it is bad turds. Guano. It's uh, guano. <laughs> yeah, guano. Guano and super strawberry? Hey, it sounds man. like you've you know? got a winner. Uh, yeah. But yes, all right. uh, uh, yeah, sorry that, about that. Yeah, that quick aside. Uh, go on now. Explain yourself, Star Trek. <laughs> I Look, that was my, yes. the that was my doorway The clearly bristled at the idea. And in fairness, if you go back and listen, if you've already forgotten, because I almost did. <laughs> but he just finished explaining how they are quite different and their own property that that Seth is pushing boundaries. It is their own show. It is not Star Trek. The very next question. Which was not us. That was not, which was us. not us. Yes. <laughs> For once, we're willing to throw a nameless other <laughs> you know, uh, a podcast enterprise under the bus and just say, we did not immediately follow that up with, oh, okay, so what's the next Star Trek trope you guys are going to use? <laughs> it was, I believe the guy that asked that, though, um, 
he was the guy that handed me um, a little uh, a little shooter of uh, fireball. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So th- <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I'm sure he was lit up yeah. by the time it got to him. So he was I don't a cool think he dude. Was listening. No, I was sitting. Yeah, he was a I cool was guy. sitting next to one of the producers. <laughs> and it was, it was visibly not, uh, but yeah, visibly not um, really enthusiastic about that question. But, but answered it. Yeah, and, and the answer you could hear in there where he goes, "Yeah, I'm a little defensive yeah. of it. I think they're getting." Actually, I think he said, "I'm I I am not being defensive here," which is but, the clearest, surest sure. sign that someone is now on the defense. Look, I'm not mad, okay? <laughs> I'm not mad. It's just that you made me furious. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, so it was interesting, and it was definitely something that you had to kind of sidestep. And, and I, I made a little joke, but that, too. But that moment is still indicative of the fact that, and they are not, despite what their costumes and, uh, and like, world-building originally were. But they are not Star Trek. They are their own thing. They have their sure. own tone. Yes, but, but you're going to have to sell me on it because I did give it a shot, and I was like, I need either more or less Star Trek in it. And, and that's that's the rub, right? <laughs> I mean, what are you going to get? You see behind the scenes where, again, Brendan Braga was uh, heavily involved with The Next Generation and several other Star Trek spinoff shows and films. And then you have Jonathan Frakes, Commander Riker, directing a lot of the episodes and a lot of Trek influences behind the scenes. And then you have some Trek actors that pop up as guest stars and they're, they're jumping on the show. So um, yeah, you could say we're our own thing, but let's also do some nods to Star Trek characters. I mean, hell, one of the main cast members, uh, Penny Johnson Gerald was a heavily recurring cast member on deep space nine, married captain Cisco played by Avery Brooks. So, and actually during the panel, um, someone asked her, what's your favorite uh, love interest between the Orville and Star Trek, and she goes, oh, Avery Brooks. I love that bald head, right? So, you know, they're, they're, they're very much aware of it. However, you could still be your own thing and, and just give a wink and a nod to something that kind of brought you there, right? Um, so I, I get it, calling, you know, being a little protective of that, and they're never going to get away from it, especially if you are highlighting a lot of former Trek, you know, alumnus on the show, but you could still be your own thing. And uh, I think it's really solved that, especially in the new season, which is is such a bummer because it seems like such a bubble situation where we've heard very little online, whether it's going to come back. And it just hit its stride, man, in this third season on Hulu. So it would just be, you know, a a shame. It is their own thing now. They found it. And it would really be rad to see where it's going to go next. Um, A lot happier that it's on Orville, rather, or (laughs) the Orville's on Hulu rather than Netflix, or else I'm sure they would have canceled it already, right? Mm-hmm. They're the heartbreaking. Well, thing well there's there. definitely someone a big who would have led coming. to that, knowing their algorithm. Someone who watched the first half of one season didn't finish it. What can you say to bring me back into the fold? I mean, you say they found their stride, they found it. Uh, you got to talk me over the hump here. Uh, uh, elevator pitch me. We're almost yeah, out what of is time, it? but. You can still make me a believer. Should sure. I put this into my schedule? And it's very full, so you've got to be convincing. Go. All right. Well, I mean, you have to be a science fiction fan to begin with. And you have Done. to. Move. Yeah. All right. Sold them. 
Um, no, I mean, you don't have to be a fan of Star Trek. You don't have to be necessarily a fan of science fiction. I mean, this is a show. Well, I certainly... am and I am. Right. Tell me why I should give it a chance without saying Star Trek. Sure. It's it's exploring storylines in the future. You have humanity that is at its kind of utopia point, right? But you still have uh, these imperfections in society, and then you're trying to build a better universe with your neighbors, and it explores a lot of common threads we see in society today, but explains it in a kind of future context, which is really important for a lot of people that feel uh, maybe they're not represented and some of the things they're going through between, like I mentioned uh, earlier, the different plot lines with uh, transgender and, and, and suicide and abortion, and you don't see many shows kind of dealing with that in a way that it's not preaching to you. It's not throwing it necessarily in your face, but it's portraying it with in different voices and different faces. And then there is a, certainly a comedic element, right? It's not going to bum you out. You're not watching just a depressing like Law & Order SVU episode where you just kind of stare at the wall for a little bit. Um, it, it's humor. It's humorful. It, it, it's caring. And you can see that coming through. And we mentioned it before with the actors and just their reaction to what they're doing and how happy they are and how emotional it makes them. So it's, it has heart, it's relevance, and it's funny. And if you're a... Dude, you have... I'm sorry, but you, word for word, that was probably Gene Roddenberry's pitch. <laughs> that is good. Star Trek. You didn't sure. use it once, but you described Star Trek. Sure. And honestly, the way you did it, though, it does make me want to watch the Orville. Awesome. I know it's a good job. thing good now, job. but holy I, shit, it's Star Trek. I have two I notes. Have I have I have two two very, very short notes. One, Jessica Shore got emotional at the end of her interview. Um, so this is a person that is really affected uh, by her character, by the show, by its themes. So it's definitely pulling at some heartstrings there. So, you know, that was easy to pick up on. Um, and if you were in the room, you would have seen it like – you know, she kind of lost it there for a second because it was just, it was so moving. Um, but like secondly, Michelle Nichols still going to cons long enough for you two bozos to interview her. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah. But, but love of a property. The second thing is that, um, so what if you're compared to Star Trek? So what, you know, it's one of the most important influential shows of all time that will always exist till the end of time. So who cares? You know, uh, if you could come close, if you're, if you're said in the same sentence of Star Trek, that's a good thing to oh, be. Yes. That's a good I breath to think. occupy. And that's what I yeah. think. That's what I think. Yeah, Mark, who cares? Exactly right. But I think the biggest difference or, or the biggest takeaway, if you're looking how it's different, uh, different than other kind of sci-fi properties that shouldn't be named. Um, it, it's the humor. You're not going to see mm -hmm. Picard or Kirk kind of cracking wise and doing a pratfall, kind of making you laugh, and and a lot of these uh, a lot of these different jokes, and everyone's kind of in on it. So it's not taking itself too serious, and that was like a big point of what. Kirk and Picard and, and all the members of these great Star Trek spinoff shows where they're very serious, right? Very poignant, very impactful. And you do have elements of that, but it doesn't take itself too serious. And it, it has a lot of laughs on the way. So 
that is going to be the big difference, but not at expense of the drama or that storytelling or character building. So Good. what you're that saying is it was, so what you're saying is you don't think that they should be hoisted on their own Picard? <laughs> oh. Yes, he did it. You son of a bitch, you did it. <laughs> no, I could argue he didn't. Oh, Picard. Uh, all right, I think I think we are winding down here, but before yeah. we go, what I'm going to need from you, Johnny, just just answer, don't think. Who is the quagmire on Orville? <laughs> the giggity giggity. Oh, wow. um, I want to say probably Jesus Christ, don't answer that. You're falling into the right, trap about, very slowly, about... like in slow motion. You can stop. Is there yourself. someone like that? There's, is there someone do not there's not like a it. pervy guy. There's there's kind of someone that kind of always it. I guess just always trying to crack wise and just kind of fuck around at Scott Grimes's character. He's um plays uh Gordon Malloy and it's like uh Seth MacFarlane's character is like best friend, he's a pilot, it's kind of like this just always like talking shit and it's pretty funny. He's also the voice of uh the son on um American Dad. So only uh-huh. you know. But yeah, homie comes out cracks wise, you know. He he's the one kinda of initiates the the dick and fart jokes, if you were. So. Is there a reason why you haven't mentioned that Norm Macdonald was on 22 episodes? Of yeah, this yeah. <laughs> we don't have so much <laughs> Rest time. Rest in peace. Yeah. I mean, he, I mean, I mean, how good is that, right? He he, uh, he voiced a character. It was a member of the crew, but it was mm-hmm. just like this blob. This uh, <laughs> that was him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and actually, had voiced um, several episodes that appeared after. Well, without passing. makeup at yeah. the end, it was well. Those weirdos in Hollywood, am I right? Um, oh, no. And if we're talking, and, and he was rad. It, it was funny. And you have, like, these different takes, again, on crew members. But um, this season also had, and I never would have thought it, uh, a cameo of Dolly Parton. Wow. She appeared no as herself in an episode and, and sang and, like, I believe played the guitar um, in an episode of The Orville. So, I mean, you, you, you got that, I'm watching it you now. You got that dollar that money, is, bro? And, and I do not, uh, no disrespect to uh, Miss Dolly Parton whatsoever. But I do, in the back of my mind, imagine there was a ceremony as soon as Betty White died. Like to oh, I'm sure. put the crown on the, on, on the next, like oh, carry the torch. Wow. Of like old person? Is that what you mean? Well, you're the one who said it, and uh, with you well, under look, the like bus, I'd say that's about been, enough of this. I well, sure. Yeah, Why the hell Mark not? concurs. Good night, everybody. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Oh, this is enough of this.